This is the Doubles Only Tennis Podcast, where you learn the best tips and strategies in the world to help you become a smarter, more effective tennis player. You'll hear interviews with pro tour doubles players and coaches, including easy-to-use lessons to improve your game and win more matches. My name is Will Bocek, founder of the Tennis Tribe, doubles strategy coach, and host of the show. Hey everyone, I am live here at the U.S. Open with Coach Jared Jacobs. Uh, he's here coaching uh, Demi Shores and Desiree Kraftchik. Jared, how are you? So far, so good. So it's been a good week so far for you. Uh, they won their round one match yesterday. Um, but before I ask you some questions about that, uh, as well as some double strategy, give people an idea of who you've coached in the past and kind of your background for uh, the listeners who, who may not know you. Um, I've, I've been in the game for like a long time. Probably 20 years ago, I spent a lot of time with Natasha Zvereva, who's Hall of Famer, won 20 slams. And then I was away from tennis for a little bit, and I came back, and I started working with Bethany maddox Sands, who's a nine-time slam champion. And, and from there, Mendez, um, who's local to Phoenix, and Demi through her. Um, so I've been fortunate to be around some really great tennis lines. I think it's helpful. Awesome, yeah. And uh, I, I think I first saw you last um, October during Indian Wells. You were on court training with uh, with um, Bethany Maddox Sands. Yeah. Uh, when can we expect her to get back on the scene uh, in, in uh, on the doubles court? It's funny, like, my, I actually we've spent a lot of time talking about this and trying to figure out the, the best way to do it. And I think yeah. what you'll see first is her actually try and play some smaller singles tournaments. Okay. Um, you may see her if she can. Play. We were looking for a partner actually for Guadalajara. Okay. So it's possible that you see her in October, but I think either way, for sure, I think you'll see her full schedule next year. I can't imagine she'd have trouble finding a partner with her doubles resume. Um, but yeah, we look forward to seeing her back on the court for sure. Um, talk a little bit about the, the season so far for uh, Demi and Dez. Um, they've been uh, pretty consistent, one of the more consistent teams for sure on the tour, um, playing together and making some solid runs in several tournaments. Um, but yeah, talk about the season so far. What's going well? What's uh, What you'd like to see improvement on? Things like that. It's, it's funny because this season really has not gone according to plan at all. Actually, Dez and Beth were supposed to start together. I was at the airport waiting to go to Australia when Beth was like, just decided like she really wasn't, wasn't ready physically to go. And we sort of like pushed it back a week and then another week. And by the time we realized, you know, she wasn't going to be ready to play Australia, uh, I called Danielle and asked her to fill in for for Beth and and Dez and Danielle ended up you know having like a nice little run they looked really good together yeah but we were still thinking at this point Beth was going to come back and maybe play Doha in Dubai um, and Demi had started with I think Angel Chan and um, they didn't they got off to like a little rough start I think it just wasn't wasn't the right pairing for them so uh, at, at that point like Dez had asked me what I thought about some alternative partners, and I Demi is absolutely one of my favorite doubles players to watch. I think she's got me brilliant too. hands, like, yeah. just a great sense of 
the game. And yeah. so I was like, Dev, jump on that. Like, Demi's great. Um, and so they started, I think, Indian Wells and, and definitely got off to a rough start. It took them a while to find, like, Indian Wells and then... Uh, I wasn't with them in Miami, but I met them in Charleston, and we, we took like a rough loss in Charleston. Mm-hmm. But had a good couple week uh, or a good a good few days of training after that and, and talking, and then they went and did uh, they went on a run like the two weeks rough week start. They went uh, Madrid, they won, then I think or sorry Stuttgart they won Madrid. They maybe made finals, finals I think, and, then, yeah. and then Rome semis, and mm-hmm. even in the semis, I think they were playing. Abs and uh, Kudermatova, and they were up like 6 1, 5 2, or yeah. something like that, um, before they got a little bit a little bit tight and ended up losing that match. But, uh, yeah. I think from then, uh, they really, they've been on a good run. They've gotten to know each other much better, understand each other's tendencies better. I think they get along, like they're, they're close friends now, which I, I think is helpful off the court. Yeah. Um, and then the grass court, Debbie was a little bit a little, little bit hurt. She was having some trouble with her back, so she took some time off. And, and then Des played Wimbledon with DC, which turned out, you know, to be important money-wise, but uh, for points was was not not doing anything. So we didn't mind sort of splitting them up for that for that grass run. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, they're making a push to to make year end. And hopefully, yeah. you know, we had a a good couple weeks on hard in San Jose and Cincinnati. Um, and hopefully we'll, we'll have a good run here. I like I like the form they're in right now. Uh, so you know, now it's the hay is in the barn. Now we're just trying to work and, and, and get some So you said they started off a little bit rocky, and then you had a, a good week of practice, and things started to change. Um, it sounds like they developed a little more chemistry and, and got to know each other better, like you said, but. Was there something specific, like on the court, strategy-wise, that they adjusted? Like um, that anything you can kind of point to, where like before they did this thing and it was costing them, and they made this adjustment, and now it's it's improved their uh, um, their doubles play. That's funny. I mean, it does started the year with Danielle, which is who's like a, an extremely strong singles player, mm-hmm. um, and so you have to play a start like. The, the style that you play will really depend a lot on the skill sets that each player has. Right. Danielle has like a big serve. She cannot be more opposite of Timmy. Right. So <laughs> I think it was an adjustment for Dez, like yeah. for, for Dez to play like when you play with Demi, you're going to be playing like much more traditional doubles. You're going to be looking to play two up, a lot of movement at the net, and a lot of it re- requires like really good timing and sort of a, a good understanding of like the likely shots your partner is going to hit so that you can put yourself in the right place to, mm-hmm. you know, when you play with someone like Danielle, like, you kind of just, like, yeah. closing hard. She's going to crush the ball and you're yeah. looking to close and finish. So I think it took her a little while to adjust to sort of, like, the rhythm of the points with Demi. Um, so, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it was anything specific. I think it was just... You've seen in more learning, like matches, you know, what, what serves do you like to hit in these moments? Like there was a lot when we first started of like they would they would call signals with each other, you know, behind their back, and there would be a lot of like no, no, no. And you could tell they were just mm. sort of like not on the same page. So you know, one of the things that we started doing is, is instead of calling plays behind our back, we started like just a little powwow in between points, talk it out. Yeah. So that way, if there's like a disagreement, we can sort of understand why. Because for me. 
the two of them being on the same page is like really important for them. Yeah, yeah, definitely important for really any doubles pairing. Um, what are a couple things that uh, you feel like they need to continue to improve on, or maybe something y'all are working on on the practice court? Different things for each of them. I think one of the things that we need to do better as a team is finish points when we're on top of the net. Like the match we played yesterday, um, the score was really close, but I thought we were really controlling a big percentage of the points and just we weren't finishing points where we had sort of had easy volleys on top of the net. And they did a great job sort of extending points and staying in them. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to get better at finishing. And, and I think the things that Des needs to work on are a little bit different than the things Demi needs to work on. Des it generally is just like getting comfortable at the net and committing to making moves. Mm-hmm. Um, Demi getting back for overheads and, and making sure that she can finish when we, when we get the balls like that. Um, mm-hmm. But Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, so earlier you, you talked about the serve signaling, um, which brought up a question for me. So how do you think about, like, if Des and Demi are, are playing a, a particular team uh, and they have the serves that they like, right? But you also are probably scouting the opponent and figuring out, okay, this is a particular return that's a weakness. How do you prioritize, you know, Des and Demi playing to their strength versus attacking an opponent's weakness? I mean, it's, a, it's always a tough balance. I think in any matchup, really what we're looking for is what patterns are going to work best for us, what combinations of serves. We'll pick sort of three or four spots for each serve on each side with each each of our player mm-hmm. um, and figure out like you know is is Dez's wide serve um, to this player going to be a good choice or is the tee or body a better choice like yesterday we were playing another righty lefty combo and Jill who's a lefty was on, on the deuce side so we're really trying to, to jam serves into her body a lot and we went away from T, which is someone we probably normally prioritize with the serve. So we're really just looking for, with the skill sets, with the serves that we like to hit, what are our best options? Mm-hmm. And then when we're going to go away from that and try and keep people honest, like what are we going to try and do on those points? And, and we try and, ideally we're getting a lot of free points just because they're having to watch where we're going and they're having to process. The more information we can make them process as they're hitting shots, the better it's going to be for us. So, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like for people listening, if you can work with your partner on finding some of these patterns that, that you like and maybe have a list of four, five, six different serve patterns for each of you and then you can start to read the opponent and figure out, okay, of these five or six, which are going to work best against this opponent. Um, and that way you get that balance of playing yeah, to your strengths sure. and then also attacking your weakness. Like, just for instance, like, on, on Jill yesterday, we knew, like, with Des serving, we wanted to, to serve body on her backhand. And we know off that serve, the easiest return for her to hit is going to be the backhand line. Mm-hmm. So what we're really looking to do is, like, play I and have then Demi going left mm-hmm. or play regular and have her fake so that 
the net, like our goal with our calls is always to have the ball come to the net person. So whether we're faking, I, or regular, we're always either trying to take away what their favorite shot is or create an opportunity where our net player has a chance to finish. Got it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about return strategy. How do you, uh, oh, what's your philosophy on return strategy? How do you coach that for a team like uh, Demi and Des? I, I love watching Demi return because she's so good at the return and volley. And she um, actually got a video of her in Toronto um, doing that. And she like starts from two or three feet behind the baseline and takes the ball like like four or five feet in front of the baseline um, it's so fun to watch but anyways how uh yeah how do you think about return strategy and again like Dez and Demi are really very different when it comes to returning and I, mm-hmm. I like Demi is one of my favorite players to watch return she does stuff that's like yesterday she, the she, forehand return she yesterday like five or six in a row it was like yeah. they're at Demi hit a winner dude they're at Demi hit a winner like she, yeah. was, she was really just all over yeah. the serve and she's still for in but like with with Dez like she hits the ball her ball quality is as good as any any singles player in the world like I she'll go toe-to-toe with even the men in the mix like her returns are are unbelievable so with her I'm like I don't even want you to I don't care where the net person is, where they're moving, go at the net person, away from the net person. She's just looking to go big, and then Demi's looking to create. With with Demi, um, she's always looking to follow in her return and get to the net. So we're trying to put pressure on their returns. Either she's hitting it and coming in, um, and we're trying to control position, or she's looking to come in on like the second ball. Sometimes first serves are a little bit tough for her to get in on, so we've got to be a little bit more patient there, but um, she she can just wear people down. Sometimes the returns that she hits don't seem like much early in the match, but like mm-hmm. you get later in the match and people are still digging balls at their feet and she's coming in looking for volleys. I think it gets tougher and tougher as, as the match goes on, so. Yeah, yeah she, um... It's funny because like it, you'll watch her play, and if if it's against regular formation, a lot of the time she'll hit this like slow kind of floaty return cross court, but it lands relatively deep. And most of the ladies are not serving and volleying, um, and then she just comes in behind it, and they're immediately in a position uh, to probably win the point, right? Um, and then other times, if she sees maybe I or just wants to rip one up the line, she'll just blast the ball. Um, so she really has so many weapons uh, when it does come to returning. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot of fun to watch. Um, and then Des is a lefty, so how do you um, – she plays the, the deuce court and then Demi's in the ads. So they have their forehands in the middle. Um, how do you typically coach that or, or think about um, handling a lefty-righty combo? I mean, it's always nice to have forehands down the middle because mm-hmm. in doubles that tends to be the most important important part of the court um, mm-hmm. although like in mixed Dez is a lot of times on the ad side um, she can kind of move all over um, and in women's doubles they tend to play line a lot more than the men do the men really are going like they're nowhere near the alleys um, you mean like the net players yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in women's just because the serves aren't as big you'll see returners take a lot more risk mm-hmm. um, yeah so yeah, where they play, like I, I, I care less now than I used to about like forehands in the middle or in the, like 
Um, so it's really just like where you're most comfortable returning from. Um, I mean, the singles players obviously are always returning from both sides, so they tend not to care at all. Double players, when you spend enough time on one side, you tend to, and it's not even the return so much as where you go after the return. Like for Demi, coming in is much easier on the ad side, which you can kind of get around her back end and work her way to the net. On the two side, I think it's much tougher for her to get in. Um, so that's primarily why. And uh, I like her on the ad side. Um, yeah, that's what she did last year with Melkor as well. Right. So. But, I mean, she's, I've seen her play both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think she, she's best on the ad side. But they can both play wherever. Yeah, I, I had a conversation um, last year with uh, Coach Phil Farmer, who's working with uh, Krajcik and Dodig right now, and okay. I think a few other teams here as well. Uh, and I asked him that because I, I think Krajcik, he's the lefty, and yeah. he was returning on the ad side. Um, not today, but last year he was in a particular match, and um, the way they made final of the friends this year. They did, yeah, yeah, they did, Um, and had some championship points too. It was a tough one, Uh, but yeah, he put it like, like he prefers forehands in the middle, but he's always going to prioritize the better return because there's a lot more, you know, missed returns or two shot rallies than there are three or four and so on. Um, so you want to prioritize that return over... I, I think it also makes a big difference. Like, in the slams, we play at scoring mm-hmm. and a full third. Mm-hmm. So I'm more inclined to have the ad person um, be, like, the, the stronger returner mm-hmm. or the more reliable returner because that's where a lot of the important points get played. Mm-hmm. When you play no ad, you really get the choice who plays the important point so then right. it's just like put your best returner wherever they want to be and, and let them go on those points so yeah yeah that makes sense um so a couple more questions and then I will let you go uh what is your favorite tennis book my favorite tennis book <laughs> I don't know if I have a favorite tennis book I like I mean I tend to read quite a bit and I like books that I can relate to tennis, although not necessarily about tennis. Okay, like, that works. I like The Book of Five Rings. is something I read when I was really young. Uh, mm. It's like a, it's basically like a tutorial on sword fighting, actually. But uh-huh. a lot of the psychology about going into to battle or one-on-one combat and understanding sort of like... The idea that you have to accept defeat is one of the two possibilities, I think, allows you to relax enough to play your best tennis. I think a lot of times when you're worried about whether you win or lose, it can get in the way. Um, but but in, in terms of, like, just strictly tennis books, I, I wouldn't say there's anything that really stands out to me. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's a good answer. Um, yeah, that reminds me of, uh, I think it was Nadal's quote at the end of the Aussie Open when he was down two sets. He said something like, I told myself uh, I might win, I might lose, but I can't not try. So he just like didn't even worry about the outcome. He was just like, I'm just going to keep trying and, and just see what happens. He he has one of my all-time like favorite quotes. At least yeah. I think I've seen it attributed to him. He's like, making mistakes is not my problem. Being afraid of making mistakes is my problem. And and that's what you see. It's like you make a miss and it's not a big deal. But when that miss starts to make you afraid of playing that shot again, yeah. that's when it can become a problem. So learning to play 
in, in a fearless way, even when the stakes are high. Is that's I mean, that's why he's so good. There's really no better person to look to in terms of the ability to do that. Yeah, that's an amazing quote. Um, what is your uh, favorite tournament? I like so many tournaments for so many different reasons. Um, I mean, the U.S. Open, I grew up in New York, so this okay. has always sort of been like my home tournament. Like, I love it here. We won in 2019, the mix. Um, it was exciting. I also love the French. Because uh-huh. um, there's so much like class and style, and the clay is beautiful. I mean, clay court tennis is actually my favorite tennis. Yeah. Um, like there's things that I like about just about every tournament in every city um, and I think one of the nice things about tennis is that like even though we're playing tennis and we're playing the same game but like in every city it feels so different so like mm-hmm. it's always nice to go back like Cincinnati we stay with the family there and, and I always love going back and seeing them and so mm-hmm. it's, it's nice to go back and revisit places and, and explore new ones all the time we never get two days in a row they were the same so yeah, I think that's what I appreciate about it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm just starting to uh, travel the tennis circuit a little bit more and went to um, Canada for the first time uh, earlier this month or last month and, um, yeah, hoping to make it to the French and Wimbledon uh, in the next couple of years as well. Um, so last question for you, how do we make doubles more popular? Uh, that's a good question. I, I wish like I, I had an answer for you. Like I, I don't understand why it's not more popular. I think it's so exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. When you watch doubles highlights, when they actually show them, um, it's it's insane. Like I think they're the most exciting points in tennis. I think mm-hmm. if it got a chance to be on like tonight, we were talking. Uh, it gets it's it's the first time ever. It's going to be prime time here at the Open. Mm-hmm. I think if people just got exposed to doubles at the highest level, I think it would be a huge hit. I think the doubles product is every bit as good as the singles product, and really it's not a function of how do we make the game better so much as like how do we get tennis to stand behind it a little bit more because a lot of times doubles gets treated like an afterthought at some of these tournaments when I think it shouldn't be. I think it's super exciting. I think at the recreational people, that's what people play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think it's exciting because it really is like it requires it, it's a team sport a lot more obviously yeah. I, I, t- I still tend to think of singles as a team sport as well but um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah and doubles I don't think it needs I don't think the sport needs to do anything different I think tennis as an institution needs to figure out ways to get behind it and support it more because right. I think it's a brilliant game yeah yeah I think uh, yeah I totally agree that's, that's I like the way you put that um where you said, uh, I don't think the sport needs to change. I, I think it just needs to get more coverage. Um, yeah, that's a that's well put. I, I definitely agree with that. And hopefully we can make that happen over think, the next five or ten years. I think some of the things that would help that they talk about, like, I, I always love to see the big singles names. And you see there's some tournaments, like Indian right. Wells, a lot of the guys play doubles. Yeah. Um, and on the women's side, almost all the big singles players also play some doubles. Yeah. On the men's side, especially at the slam, it's hard at three the slams, out of five, yeah. it can be really tough. Yeah, um, it definitely helps. And, and the men make so much more money that they really just don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if 
if there were ways to either shorten the format or encourage people to to play doubles. And and really, like people who come out and watch Federer play, whether it's singles or doubles, they don't care the name. It's just he yeah. only plays singles. So I think either we have to make a bigger effort to let people know who the doubles players are because for the most part like people have no people idea know, yeah. or we have to find ways to encourage the singles players to to play more doubles like yeah. tonight we've got Kyrgios and Kakanakis playing and the Williams sisters playing I love to see that I think it's yeah. great for the game and I love seeing like some of the lesser known players who are who are amazing players uh, get to play in the spotlight a little bit so I think it'll be really interesting to see tonight yeah, well, hopefully with our uh, our Watch More Doubles campaign, we can uh, help move that forward uh, and keep growing doubles and making it more popular. Um, thanks, Jared, for coming on. Really appreciate uh, your time. I know I don't know if you've ever if you ever had the chance to talk to B at all, um, but like if if there's ever anything I can do or put someone to put you in touch with that'll 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 help, like I'm happy to do it as well. Um, also, yeah. Awesome. I fully support your initiative. <laughs> Thank you. If you're a doubles player, you'll love our weekly strategy newsletter. Every Thursday, I send you my best doubles tips, tactics, and strategies that you can use in your very next match. And when you sign up, I'll also send you a free 20 page ebook that has my favorite doubles tactics for forcing errors and getting more easy volleys at the net. Go to thetennistribe.com slash newsletter to sign up now.